Previously on No Reserves Radio. Oh my god, Angelo. Come on. Have, have some self-respect. The Eagles can't hurt you if you don't if you don't constantly pander to them. Here's how here's the biggest indictment of, of Dame that I can say. Dame has been so like off this year that Ren went on live air and said Jalen Brunson deserved an all-star start over him. You are now Angelo Dudalulo. Do you think it is possible that the management of the Memphis Grizzlies are just buying into the reckless youth movement and they got rid of the one person in the locker room that probably was telling John to knock it off? Because um, he's taken advantage of me multiple times when I was younger. That sounded bad. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I think I think that's true. I think you're correct in that assessment. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of No Reserves Radio. The foot, the Super Bowl is concluded, and it was a great game, man. How's it going, Alex? Hey, how's it going, Angel? How's it going, guys? And yeah, heck of a game. Second ever overtime game in the Super Bowl. I know. Just, just when I needed to wake up 7 a.m. the day after. So I was up until 4.15 to watch the full game, and I was up at 7. Hey, you have, you have more drive than me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, that was four a.m. Four fifteen, actually, because I watched like the the celebrations and all of that. That's crazy. <laughs> so, you so if, if your time and my time were the same, I would have been at work already. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so you would be yeah. watching. Uh, at least you could have watched the Super Bowl, I guess, or at least listened to it. Kind of. I mean, I would. I wake up at 3.15 a.m. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Jesus. know. But it was a great game. But you, you watched a big chunk of it, didn't you? Of course, yes. Yeah. And then you watched the rest afterwards, or? Yes. Okay. Except I didn't watch the award celebration or the ceremony. I think did Travis Kelsey win the Super Bowl MVP? Uh, no, it was Mahomes. It was Mahomes. Okay, so I didn't miss that usual. part. Yeah, <laughs> as per usual. Okay. You so, know, uh, what I, do you want to get started with this game? Go on. Just a small like regarding the betting and all of that. I just wanted to say that I placed a few bets during the Super Bowl. You did? Yeah, a few straight bets. Just props. I usually don't like sides, but mostly props and all that. Then I did a few specials. And you know, all my prop bets, basically, I believe all of them. Yeah, I believe all of them went kaboot. So I won none of them. But you know what What I did win? At a plus 700 odd, or a plus 500. Uh, plus 500, yeah. Because you guys, it's like one digit less. That doesn't matter. At plus 500, I've got a bet that was... MVP of the Super Bowl to say we're going to Disneyland, and I got that right. <laughs> and at plus one fifty, I got a commentator team to mention the twenty eight and three blowout loss, uh, blowout loss. No, uh, like comeback win by the the Patriots a few years back. Patriots in the fall. Yeah. yeah. 
And that was only mentioned because the team went Those the game went the to overtime. Bet on. You know you know the crazy thing that I saw being bet on? What? And I actually didn't don't remember now that I think about this. The color of the Gatorade of the Super Bowl te- winning team. Oh, I bet on that as well. <laughs> oh, you bet on, well. Okay, what was it and what was the most common bet? Because I think the most common bet was purple, wasn't it? Uh, no, I believe, yeah, I believe it was purple. And I bet on blue, if I'm not mistaken. So when I saw it at first, I thought it was blue. And I was pretty hyped up because I believe that was a, like a plus 250 or something. And what? So purple was the color of the Gatorade port on Coach Reed? Yeah, and that was like plus one hundred or something. It was like the the one with the the worst spots, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went with blue, and that was like plus two fifty. And the the other one, the the commentator one, was plus one fifty. And that only happened because it was the second game ever to go to overtime, and the first one was. The Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. So that's why it got mentioned. Didn't get mentioned because like I was expecting like a blown lead and the commentators to mention that. But no, it was mentioned because of the overtime. So I got those two wins. These are and I gotta the say, odds these are and all of that. Fucking parlays. <laughs> <laughs> it was not what parlays. Are we talking? It was We're talking bets. about the, a Super Bowl happened that went to overtime. And was 22-25, and we're talking about the color of the fucking Gatorade and the Atlanta Falcons versus the New England Patriots that happened, like, seven years ago at this point. Yeah, I just wanted to give this this little bit of an intro, and now we can actually go into the what happened in the Super Bowl and all of that. This guy. So you had a few topics here that you yes, you wanted to talk about. I agree with most of them. I introduced one or two as well. Which one so did you want to start it. with? I guess we can start by the list you sent and just go like from the top. I do so not Patrick have my Mahomes. phone near me. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, final boss status. Yes. And at this point, it is like, for those of you who follow WWE, when Mahomes is down and when he needs a play, especially late in the quarters, it feels like the Roman Reigns music hitting. It's like, That's it's the final great. boss. He has such great music, too, by the way, when you hear it. The... Yeah. It's it's the final boss song. It's like, it's the best one. It's like, when you hear that, you know, it's just like, it's the final challenge. And when Mahomes has the ball, like, with under two minutes left in the, the quarter. Basically, when the, the, the 14... <laughs> Cough. My bad. When the 49ers got the, the field goal in the in regular time, um, I was like, okay, yeah, Mahomes got this. It's like they left one minute no. and 56, and I had absolutely no, no, no. zero doubt that he would get points. No, 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 no. See, see that, that, that was obvious. You know, to me, like, I, I was talking in like two or three different group chats. I don't know if I sent this to you. But there was a point where I said the Kansas City offense looks like absolute dog shit right now. And San Francisco didn't score enough points to knock him out already. So this game is about to go to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe I believe we talked about it. Because yeah. uh, I was saying as well, like uh, when we were talking, it's like, yeah, San Fran can move the ball. Uh, San Fran is not getting points, though. So although it seems like they're dominating KC... 
it's like you don't beat Patrick Mahomes with field goals. That's that's nope. not and and I mean if you're not aggressive enough, this is what happens. You dominated the game. I one hundred percent believe that it's like if if we don't look at scores and it's just like what the two teams put on the field, the Niners played much better football on offense. And yeah. on defense, I guess the Niners, uh, the the Chiefs had the slightly better unit on defense. But so like, too, yeah. as a team in a whole, the Niners had a much better Super Bowl. I agree. But they don't have 15. Because here's, here's something that I don't think, I, I don't know, I haven't watched people talk about the Super Bowl, but here's something I don't think is going to get talked about a lot is the Kansas City Chiefs at the start of the game, the very first quarter. We're going to say they, they looked like shit. But... The reality is, at the start of the game, they did a lot of the things that won them the last Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers shut that out early. Like, the bubble screens, the short shit. Like, Kyle Shanahan had a plan for everything Kansas City did in the first half, minus that last drive. Literally. Basically, basically it was it, yeah. And even, even in the third quarter, like a big chunk of it, it was just like three and outs, three and outs. And it was by both teams, to be honest. So yeah. the defense just stepped up on both sides. But it's like when the fourth quarter hit, then it was, okay, we're going. And and it looked like for the props that you're giving Shanahan and the defensive staff for the first half and a good chunk of the third you have to take some of it away in the last part of the fourth quarter because you just don't play deep zones versus Mahomes. You just don't play zone versus Mahomes most of the time because he will just dice you up. There's way too many open spaces. Kelsey is the goat in that term of like managing to find open slots in those zones and those zone matchup. You just don't run it that way. And it felt like they went prevent a lot. They did. And they did just go knew, a lot. Yeah. They were and playing not to lose that. in the la- in that last quarter, it felt like. Yeah, it is. And you just can't do that versus the final boss. You you have to play the win versus but here's, Mahomes. Here's kind of the here's kind of the interesting thing about talking about the San Francisco losses, because it's kind of a dual, double-edged sword. We we're gonna over the course of this episode, we're gonna criticize them for not running the ball more and playing a more like um, clock chewing game script, but we're also going to criticize them for not being more aggressive on defense. It's kind of like, okay, what did you want them to do? <laughs> like, and that's kind of like the scenario the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes put you in. I think it's damned if you do damned if you don't. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I agree in the terms of like, I'm criticizing them for playing zone. But when they blitzed, I mean, Mahomes just diced them up as well. So it, it is the final boss, right? Isn't it? It's like he's overpowered. Oh, when no, 100%. It comes, it, when it comes to that last part, and sometimes it's just like, uh, what's that game that people get really mad about? I, I don't play it, but a friend of mine does, and a few friends of mine. And it's on PS4 and Xbox. Uh, it's the one which you're basically dying all the time. Um you're basically dying all the time. All the time, yeah. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's? No, 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 no. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's... Is it Dead Souls? Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah! Yeah. yeah oh, so... my game, yeah. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. See, I know some gaming. There Souls, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you are. So, so yeah, it's it's just like that. Like the bosses are just way too overpowered, and he's just way too overpowered when it gets to those situations. And you just know, like when you have fifteen, you sort of have it all and you have it ready. And there's plenty that we could talk about if like they lost that Super Bowl. But they won it because they have 15. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was here's, who had the best QB and the best coach. Here's here's something crazy. And I said, I was talking to this leading up to this Super Bowl. How long has Patrick Mahomes been in the NFL? Uh, five years, isn't it? Was it or is it six? I, I can actually look that up on my computer here real quick. Yeah, I can as well. Yeah. Uh, so he was drafted in 2017. And he debuted in 2018. 2018, 2019, 2020, So six years. Six years, yeah. He's been playing for six years. So in that six-year span that he has been the starter of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs has lost to Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. And that's it. That's That's the list. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. And I know we, like a few shows ago, we were like, um, he has an argument for being the best play ever. He doesn't have the argument for the goat. All of that discussion, but it's like it's been six years, and this is I think it's... some some of his accomplishments so far. He he has won three Super Bowls. He's three time Super Bowl MVP. He's a two time NFL MVP. He's a three-time All-Pro. He's a six-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in passing TDs two times. And he has the NFL record for total passing yards in a season. Correct me if I'm wrong. He has made the, at least the AFC Championship game in all but one of his seasons, correct? I believe so. I believe it was the one in which he lost to Burrow. No, Burrow and Burrow and Mahomes met in the championship game. Oh, in I the championship game. The one to Brady. Oh yeah, it was the yeah. I was I was thinking uh different thing. Yeah, yeah, it was the one in which you lost to Brady in 2018, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like like one of his last years in New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so. Right. So this guy has basically like been an automatic. So if you, when you're making a bracket, when you're making a bracket, when the playoffs are starting, you don't have Kansas City in that championship game. Any of the last six years, you're fucking nuts. Alex. You're you're at the disadvantage so already. So yeah. Yeah. So so Alex, yeah. what was your uh, AFC championship game again? I just I just want some uh, clarification. I don't think I have it here, so I don't know. Oh no clue. Oh I do. Oh. I do. Oh great. It was Baltimore and Buffalo, bitch. Oh, oh it was. Okay. Okay. I didn't have it here. Yeah, I, I, I sort of knew it guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned for next year. It is what it Lesson is. Learned. No more doubting. The only way, the only way I think I would not put them in the AFC championship game. And then this is crazy. And this this is why we talk about like Joe Burrow just missed a whole season and we have and I have no like qualms about putting him as the second best quarterback in the NFL. The only like debate is if like the Bengals play bad or maybe Burrow doesn't start off great and Patrick Mahomes has to face them in the first round. I think I would be okay with that. 
not predicting Kansas City into the AFC Championship game. But other than facing the Bengals before the AFC Championship game, I, I don't see the scenario. I don't. I sort of have to agree with you. I am done doubting the dude. <laughs> it is what it is at this point. He's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. So he's the final boss. He's like, it kind of feels like he's in the GOAT conversation. We're just waiting to him. We're just waiting for him to collect the accolades to oh, yeah. make it a bit more justifiable. Yeah, because at this point. Like, if we're being frank, the only and reason. And if we're being frank, three Super Bowls is kind of there. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, like, he's one away from Montana, was considered the GOAT for a while now. And he has the yeah. same amount of Super Bowl MVPs. So, yep. while, while we shouldn't really put him there because it's not the norm and it's not consensus and the other guy has more Super Bowls and all of that, you just know it's a matter of time with Mahomes because when you're watching him play, and for a while, when it was Brady and Rodgers, it was like, yeah, Brady's the GOAT, but Rodgers is probably one of, if not the best quarterback you've ever seen no, actually it was, play. It was always... Yeah, it, yeah, it's always like Rodgers had the like talent. a prettier throw. Yeah, but Brady had the accolades and yeah. the, and a postseason performance. And like you're watching Mahomes, and it's it's probably the best QB you've ever seen play. So he just doesn't have the accolades yet, but he's just getting there. So it's a matter of time. Like give it one or more two Super Bowls, and you can like just say he's a goat, and you won't have any pushback. Because because we're looking at a guy who has all the accolades that we talked about so far, and he is currently 28 years old. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he has oh, the he, same amount of he, Super Bowls as Mahomes, as Brady has with his age right now. So here's kind of where I think that... I think if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win another Super Bowl, I think... After so long, we are going to talk about him as better than Brady for a few reasons. One, depend, and this is, I don't know how the rest of his career is going to go, so this is assuming like he stays fairly consistent. But one, people don't talk about Deflate Gate and all the, the negative aspects of New England Brady enough. And I think that after like the roses are done and Mahomes is said and done and, and he doesn't have a controversy and that's that's a big assumption. I think like that's gonna put him over the edge with younger people. Yeah, that is true. That's what like you also have the and fact I'm not saying Mahomes like... isn't gonna win another one. I'm just saying if he didn't and he had a solid career, I think yeah. at the end of the day they'd still put him over Brady because of all the controversy with Brady in New England. And you also have the factor of, like, more and more people are watching the NFL every single year now. Like, this was mm -hmm. the most the most watched Super Bowl ever. And a part of it was uh, a personality that we're going to talk about, because you have some thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. But a big part of it is just, like, the audience is, is gearing more towards the NFL. There's a younger audience. There's players, like with the dances that are being like connected to games like Fortnite and all of that. So there's a younger audience, there's more people watching. So at the end of the day, it's like, it will be a point of time in which you're like, okay, you're watching Mahomes, he's being great, he is greatness, 
personified and you didn't watch Brady. Like a few guys probably won't have watched Brady in a few years. So it's like, this is the best you've ever seen. And you you usually have a tendency bias. Even us that watched Brady play for quite a while, we are entertaining that Mahomes can be the GOAT. So we have a recency bias as well. And we watch the dude who's considered the GOAT. Now imagine what will happen to younger audiences who have a stronger social media presence than the older folks and who haven't really been watching Brady and probably don't have much interest to to watch back like, like of course you have some but it's like not it, it's not that you're watching him like weekly for seasons and seasons on end and just routinely going to Super Bowls and to AFC championships so in a few years, I think it will be a consensus that Mahomes is the GOAT, even if he doesn't win another championship, even if he just stays in the path of consistently going to AFC championships. Maybe there's something wrong with the team and they don't get over the hump, which I doubt, to be honest, because like there's very few pieces that this team is about to lose that are super meaningful, and those can be worked around. I'm talking about Chris Jones and uh, Legereus Sneed. Those are the two main ones, and they can quite improve honestly, via the draft. That's true, and quite honestly, I think the biggest concern I have with the Chiefs isn't really um, like the state of the roster. It's more so Kansas City needs a reliable target. Right now, that is Travis Kelsey, bar none. Travis Kelsey is starting to regress. So once he gets to a point where you can't consistently rely on him to get like 100 yards every game, where do you go from there? You need someone to kind of take that Travis Kelsey mantle. That's the thing I'm more concerned about. You have two or three years to figure it out still. That's true. And we talk about this, and it's like, after losing Tyreek Hill, he, they won back-to-back Super Bowls. So it's like... Yep. <sighs> it is what it is, man. <laughs> They've made it to the AFC Championship game every year they didn't have. Tyreek Hill because if I'm not mistaken the first year after is the year the Bengals or no did the Bengals beat them with Tyreek no, 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 on no. the roster yeah. the first oh. year without Tyreek was last year so they are 2 for 2 in Super Bowls after Tyreek Hill left Jesus yeah <laughs> you're just sort of just like it's too much sometimes because they have the best coach and they have and maybe we can start at some point in time Talking about the GOAT coach as well. Mm-hmm. I know that's an argument that probably isn't very popular right now. But Big Red deserves a nod. He does. And he a consideration for sure. So you have the best current NFL head coach. And you have the best player in the NFL. So And you have one of the most underrated. And this is a topic that I didn't introduce. But I guess we can talk about it later. Um, and you have probably one of the, the most underrated players ever that has like a very strong case for being the defensive, the best defensive player in the NFL for a few years now. And Chris he Jones. gets constantly, yeah, and he gets undervalued a lot. Discussion. Yeah. He, he was just unlucky to play in an era with Aaron Donald, and even with Aaron Donald. I mean, he has been doing great things. Like, maybe it's not Aaron Donald level or gets the same attention as Aaron or Aaron Donald because I also think he gets undervalued because of the team that he plays for and having Mahomes in the team. So most of the 
most of the credit goes to Mahomes, but like even in this Super Bowl, like a big chunk of it should go to the defense and a big play down the line. And he why the the back. Chiefs? Yeah, and it's like the last one. It's the big play that should get a lot of credit because it was the pressure of Chris Jones in one of the the final two downs before the the Niners kicked the field goal uh, in the two minute warning. It was the pressure from Chris Jones that prevented the touchdown throw from Purdy to Jawan Jennings, if I'm not mistaken, who was pretty wide open for the touchdown in the end zone. Well, it's not, so if that's it's not pro- only that. So over while I was watching the game, you actually reminded me of something I definitely noticed while I was watching the game. While I was watching the game, it felt like every throw Purdy was trying to make was either like off balance or he had pressure in his face or it was a weird angle. Like, I don't know... Very many clean throws. I saw Brock Purdy throw the whole game. Yeah, there wasn't many. And that's been a a talking point that I've heard after the Super Bowl is that the Niners should really look into investing on the O-line because he got pressured quite a bit. The O-line wasn't as stout as it once was. It wasn't up to the task. Yeah. They lost in the trenches. Whatever cliche you want to use, but it definitely happened. It did, for sure. And, and by the way, shout out to Brock Purdy, by the way, because he did get pressured like basically every player, at least while I was watching the game, it felt like that. And he did make a lot of really, really good throws, and he stayed poised throughout the game. Yeah. And... I'm going to jump one of the topics that you had here because I think this That's connects fine. better right now and we'll talk about the other one later. Sure, no problem. And part of the reason as to why Purdy was pressured so much, and I think this is a downfall of Shanahan, is that when you're coaching in the regular season and for the most part in the playoffs, it's good to have a very like complex scheme with plenty of motions, plenty of just people running around every single place. You can't even really describe that scheme. It's just like pre-snap, everyone is like running around, making laps, taking laps, just going from one side of the field to the other one. Just crazy motions. It's one thing when like the offense is flowing and you can do that. But isn't it a downfall? And part of the reason why Shanahan is currently now 0-2 in the Super Bowl as a net coach and 0-0, 0-1 as a coordinator, so 0-3 in general in the Super Bowl. Is it part of the reason... Is it, It's part of the reason just that the scheme is too complex and when things get hard and rough, and just as you mentioned, like Purdy being pressured in a, uh, a lot, shouldn't things get simplified when the going gets rough? Because I think the old motion and crazy things that happen implies that the QB has time to make the reads and to see which guy got open. Sometimes just like quick slants, quick dump-offs, all of that would work much better in situations in which your QB is getting pressured a lot than just like the beauty and the complexity of the scheme that he usually runs. And it seems to me like he struggles to adapt and he goes away from the fundamentals to keep his like beautiful scheme running. What do you think? Yeah, I generally agree with that. That's so I think it was Ray Lewis was talking in an interview and he was talking about going against Peyton Manning. 
and he said when Peyton Manning like said Omaha to make an adjustment and it was like early in the clock the snap clock it's complete bullshit like it means nothing but when mm. Peyton Manning said Omaha like within 14 seconds of the clock running out that meant it was some kind of adjustment and the reason he did that was because after 14 the defense didn't have time to adjust Sometimes you just need to do simple things. And even if they're late, last minute, simple adjustments, they the defense won't be able to get accustomed to it. And I think Kyle Shanahan kind of loses the plot for, okay, I need to have this much time to get this person in motion, this person set up like this. And, and granted, it did have some amazing results, like the fucking screen throw to Christian McCaffrey was amazing for the first touchdown, but... At the same time, when the going gets tough and when the games get gritty, you got to know, okay, they're in this. This a simple slant route here is going to beat that. Or they're in a zone. If we do high-low concept, the middle defender is going to have to make a decision and then you just throw to whoever he doesn't decide to. Stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes just like the easy runs that he usually like – we we applaud him for his running scheme and how effective it is. 100%. And well, he also has Christian McCaffrey right now, but yes. Yes, but in these situations, he just fails to use like his best trait. Like his best trait is being able to design a great run game that can be super effective and uh, that can just basically get you those first downs that you need and get those chunk plays. Because like, Early in the game, they were running for five, six, seven yards a pop. Christian and late, yeah, and late in the game, they got completely away from it. And it's the same story from his first Super Bowl while he was the OC for the Falcons. He was up the infamous 21 and, 28 and 3. And they just completely got away from the run. It he was, was the like, OC for the Falcons on the 28. Yeah, it, it was. Flat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the OC, and like they were up 28-3, and he just completely got up because he was calling the plays. But at the end of the day, it's his fault. He just no. completely got away mm. from the run. Is okay. So, is it his fault, or is it that? So, I guess I don't have a a, a well enough understanding because. So when you go into a football game, you have a game plan. It's called the yes. script. The script yes. is what? The first, I'd say, about quarter of play, maybe quarter and a half of play? Basically, yeah. So maybe the run plays are part of the script, but they're not in the expanded game plan that are in that are on Brock Purdy's wrist, the predetermined plays. Maybe those are more pass plays. Now, great, I'm not there. I don't know 100%. That's the case, but do you think that could be something where he scripts the run plays and that's why they look so good, but he doesn't like have those same run plays into the basic plan and they're more basic like HB dive or a counter or a stretch, stuff like that. But even that, like even if you run those types of runs that usually aren't like super effective, that's still better to milk the clock when you're up by 10 in the third quarter. Than just like consistently being three and out. That doesn't burn any amount of time, and that's what he has failed. What he will, he failed to do 
ver uh, while he was with the Falcons versus the Patriots, what he failed to do versus the Chiefs the first time around, and what he failed to do this past Sunday versus the Chiefs again. It's just like he's up. He has been up double digits. He was up 28-3 versus the the Patriots in the third quarter. He was up, if I'm not mistaken, it was 20 and, and 10 going into the fourth quarter versus the Chiefs the first time around. And this time he was, yeah, he was up 10 and 3, if I'm not mistaken, going into the third quarter. So, so mean, it's like time and time and time again, he has those leads and he just cannot keep them because I feel like he gets stuck into his ways and he doesn't go back to the fundamentals, which is I'm up, I'm going to run the ball, I'm going to milk the clock. Yeah, it might not be super effective, but what we are trouting out there, the plays that we're calling are also not being effective and are not killing any time of the clock. So I'm going to go with option B, which is maybe I'm not effective, maybe I am, but I'm going to kill the clock and I'm going to take 40 seconds chunks out of it every time that I run a play. Because the alternative is I go out there, I run three plays, I run 10 seconds, Casey has the ball and I'm giving it to the best player in the world to make whatever he wants out of it. It just feels like option B is much better to go with and you just burn 40 seconds a time and it's like one minute and change out of every single drive, maybe more if you get the first downs. So, yeah, I feel like that was a big issue in all three Super Bowls. And this one, even in this one, I would say it was an issue. I understand why it didn't, because defense was really being super stout. But I still think when you have a coach like Spax, who runs the heck out of the blitz, especially on third down, all the motion, all the shenanigans, all the, the pop-up plays, all the, the props, all of that, it just needs to be thrown out the window it's like you see a blitz you call a slant it's just like quick one two drop the ball you don't have your qb holding it for longer than necessary and i don't think he adjusted well enough in the second half i think that's a pretty good point so kyle shanahan that also has a good argument with patrick mahomes as he's only lost to patrick mahomes and Tom Brady um, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> is he just, and I, I mentioned this to you in our chat, but is he just like the old Andy Reid back with the Philadelphia Eagles and a part of the time with the Chiefs, where it's like he's a great coach, everyone touts him as a great coach. He just never gets over the hump until he gets his version of a Patrick Mahomes. Let's Let's be fair, over the hump, Andy Reid was to what one Super Bowl before with the Eagles before he got Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that is correct. Kyle Shanahan's already been to two Super Bowls, three if you want to count the OC as the Atlanta Falcons. So I mean, that's kind of that's kind of unfair comparison because Kyle Shanahan has gotten over the hump as far as getting over the NFC multiple times already. He just hasn't won the big one. Yeah, but like Andy Reid from like in 20 years, basically, he went to the championship game or Super Bowl for nearly half of those of those years. So I'm just saying like in the sense, maybe they didn't go to the Super Bowl and didn't win it. But the the hump is still like getting the big one. 
uh, and getting like through the championships and all that. So I think in a sense, it's like it's a coach that seems to be always there and seems to be touted as a great coach, which Andy Reid was, no matter the fact that he, he didn't win the Super Bowl uh, in the one occasion that he went to. But he just never gets that. So maybe maybe I'm just extrapolating too much, but it feels like there's a connection here. It feels, although Shanahan went to more Super Bowls, Andy Reid also had major success while in Philadelphia and for a good chunk of it while with the, the Chiefs as well, apart from like one year in which, in which he was under 10 wins. Every other year he was 10 or more wins. And like what is from 2013 to 2023, so roughly 10 years, he had one season with under 10 wins. So it's just like consistent success, but never gets the big one. And Shanahan has consistent success, but never wins the big one. Just does he get his Mahomes? I'm going to say probably not. But honestly, yeah. I think. Hmm. So here's the thing. What's what do you think is the tier of quarterback that you would say gets him over the hump? So like if Kirk Cousins signed with the San Francisco 49ers, is that over the hump? No, I think it's roughly the same. No? no, no. Okay, so no, it's not over the hump. Okay, so, so I'm I'm just gonna start listing quarterbacks. Tell me if you think the these players would get them over the hump. Can we ignore the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen tier? Yeah. Okay. Would Justin Herbert get them over the hump? Probably. You think Justin Herbert gets them over the hump? I don't know. I think so. Okay. It's a Lamar. probably though. Lamar, I think, Lamar. does. Lamar absolutely does? Yes. Okay, Matthew Stafford. Yes. 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 And Kirk Cousins doesn't. No. Stafford is so underrated, man. Okay. Well, okay. Derek Carr. No, <laughs> hell no, man. What are we doing? I just, I just create a baseline here. Baker Mayfield. No. Deshaun Watson. Hell no. Hell no. So what you're saying is, unless they're an arguable top five quarterback or Matthew Stafford. Yes. It, that's not over the hump. Do you know how hard it is to find one of those guys? Yeah. <laughs> and it's incredibly hard. And that's like why sometimes great coaches just don't get the big one. Because you can have it all. But at the end of the day, if you're facing a great one, you need to have a great one back. Otherwise, you're just going to lose in the end. And it is what it is, man. Like Andy Reid was a great coach. When he went to the Super Bowl back in 2004 versus the Patriots with that Eagles team. But he was facing the great, one of the greats, just as talented of an edge coach on the other side. But he had one of the great QBs. So sometimes it's like you can be the best coach and you can have the best team. But if on the other side, you have an also great coach 
and you have a team that is maybe not as good, but good. Uh, but they have 15, man. Or they have 12. It's just game over. So that leads me to question you. Will Shanahan ever win a big one? Because by my so. answer... <laughs> yeah, by my answer, it seems like he probably won't. Because I don't I think... think so. I think Purdy is very good. I don't I don't think you win a Super Bowl with Purdy. So, who? that's a bold statement. So... Yeah. Let me say let me ask this then. Are the San Francisco 49ers this era's Jim Kelly Buffalo Bills? Because if Maybe. I'm not mistaken, they made it to the last three and lost the same team, correct? Yes. If they go to the Super Bowl this year again and they lose versus the Chiefs, I mean they might as well be renamed the Buffalo Bills. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, it's it's very close. But at the end of the day, this one was one, at least that I remember. I've been watching the last, I don't know, seven Super Bowls, eight Super Bowls. This one was the best referee. Wouldn't you agree? I agree with that. I think yeah. for the most part, the referees kept the whistle in the in their pocket, and unless like unless you saw a play, and you were like, "Oh yeah, that's that's whatever the call would be." That okay, yeah, that's passing the fritz. They'd call that, but if it wasn't that, they weren't calling it. Yeah, I also thought as well. I didn't really see any egregious play not called that should have been a penalty. So for the most part, I think it was pretty good. I think it was the best officiated game that I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. So the rest that's just kind... weren't. There were plays in of... there. Uh, go, go ahead. ahead, sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, that's kind of what makes like umpiring or refereeing sports just so meticulous. Because at the end of the day, like when you have a big game like the Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals, etc. You want to see the result of the players playing on the field. You don't want to see foul calls dictating result. And you don't want to. It kind of makes you feel cheated. And this this game didn't feel like it was cheated. It felt like it felt like San Francisco earned the collapse. Kansas City earned the win. Yeah, I agree. I think there were plays in there that if if it was a regular season. I'm pretty sure they call some of those PIs. Oh, 100%. But, yeah, but for a Super Bowl game, I thought it was a very clean game. I don't think that there were egregious calls on either side that one side can say, yeah, but you had that call, or yeah, but you had that call. No, I don't really think so. I think it, if there were penalties that weren't called, it was for both sides, and they were like pretty even. It was just soft penalties. So, yeah, it was the best game like in general i think it was one of the best super bowls that i've watched recently yes it was very enjoyable and this is coming from the guy who i believe what was it the afc championship game prediction or the uh divisional game prediction where you said oh man i don't want to see another 49ers chiefs yeah you do yeah you always at the the end of the day 
One always does, right? It is what it is. We are a sucker for Mahomes. And apparently, we are suckers for love stories. Now, what do you have to say about Taylor Swift? Okay. So, here is my hot take, not hot take. Um, we get too obsessed with how much Taylor Swift is actually on our screens. Because... Like I was in a chat and he was like, they just they just showed this bitch Taylor Swift for the whole pregame. It didn't look like that to me. And quite honestly, during the games, during the game, I can remember like two times they panned to Taylor and most of it was at the end. Meanwhile, we have Tom fucking Brady in like three straight commercials during the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is like poured down our throats. Now, I don't hear a chirp. And you could argue, oh, well, Tom played the game. Yeah, that's great. But Tom's getting forced down your throat during this game way more than Taylor Swift is, buddy. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I, I, so. I don't think Taylor Swift, like, being shown supporting Travis Kelsey is a bad thing. I don't think Taylor Swift is bad for football. I think it puts more eyes on it. And I think you have more egregious example of people being thrown down our throats. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the hate. Taylor can yeah, so, do Taylor. So we had someone in the the Discord channel for our ghost from uh from our guest from the last episode, iForensic. There was someone in mm-hmm. there that was basically tracking how many times Taylor Swift appeared. It's like and a minute just... and a half at that, dude. Oh, uh, I think you're a bit wrong. He counted really? seventeen appearances by Taylor Swift. But it's not that. See, here's the thing. You can count the appearances. It's not that long. They show her for like five seconds in each of those clips. Yes, I agree with you. I I don't really understand why people have an issue with it, because I genuinely genuinely think that she only appears because the cameras go to her. I don't really think like she needs this. Like she is. Is she the biggest star in the world right now? If not, yeah. she's one of them. Yeah, I would say that she is. So I don't really think she needs the eyes of the NFL on her. I just think she's someone who has a boyfriend that plays the sport and she goes there and but watches here's... the game. And the NFL That's seems what... like a product in it exactly. and goes to her. Exactly. So, like, people people getting annoyed at being shown Taylor That's... Swift and being like, why is she always here? Why is she always being popped up? Why is she always on my screen? It's yeah, dude, Taylor... because the NFL wants it. Exactly. Taylor's not the problem. Taylor is coming to an NFL game. She's one of the biggest stars in the industry, and she has a fucking press box because she's dating one of the players in the Kansas City Chiefs. The NFL... And the people part of the presentation are the ones who make the conscious decision to have a camera pointed at that press box and showing it during every Chiefs touchdown or whatever you perceive as every Chiefs touchdown. I mean, after the Super Bowl, we saw more of Travis and like Taylor uh, just hugging, kissing and all of that. Then we saw Mahomes with her, with his wife, wife yeah. Brittany. So, yeah, it's just if you want to be mad at someone... Be mad at Roger Goodell. Don't be mad at Taylor Swift for crying yeah. out loud, man. For attending a fucking football game. 
Yeah. Like, like she needs this attention, man. Like, fuck you guys. She doesn't need any of this. She's just there watching her boyfriend play, and the, if they ever broke, break up, which at this point I'm ruining that they don't, just for people to get still pissed off about this. If they if they ever break up, she just won't show anymore. It's like it's whatever. Oh, she's done with it. It's, and and she does seem like someone who genuinely genuinely likes football. To be honest, it seems like she doesn't watch a whole lot of it, but she gets excited for it. And she she's just in a mood. She's just like any other people that hasn't watched the game a, a whole lot but has some interest in it and knows when to get hyped about it and knows when when to be concentrated. And there were moments of tension for the Chiefs in there in which the camera panned and she was just basically standing still looking at it like a longtime fan. It's just... Yep. People just get annoyed for being annoyed. It's like some people just can't be happy and need to be annoyed about something. And this year it was Taylor Swift. Yeah, it'll probably be like that next year too. Yay, yeah, another most year. likely. Yeah, the NFL thanks them, to be honest, because all of this chat just blows it up. They love it. They love the attention. Let's so if you want to get mad at someone. Headlines going into next year. Bengals player Jamar Chase criticizes Taylor Swift. Bengals beat Chiefs in the playoffs. What? Is that gonna is that gonna be a thing? Are we gonna see uh, your team? Your team might be the most, the most hyped up team if that happens. Oh yeah, my my team's uh, the mo- my team's low key the most toxic team in the NFL right now. No, I think, and I didn't introduce this before, but I think not the most the most toxic team. Oh, it the is the most toxic couple of teams and the weirdest rivalry ever. It it's is the Eagles 49ers. No, listen, 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 listen. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna say this right now. The Eagles fans and the like Cowboys fans are annoying. You don't see the mayor of San Francisco tweeting the Eagles, and you don't see a wide receiver on the 49ers saying something like Jalen who or, or Patrick Mahomes who. You don't see that. No, we we yeah. are we have the toxic title. Even if the Bengals fan base isn't as toxic, I'm telling you, our team has the toxic title, and I love it. I Patrick Mahomes, who I I, Alex? Yeah, and it's like which was the um, the San Francisco 49ers offensive guard who was in the news. Which was it? Uh, what's the name of the dude? Let me check real quick. Yeah, but you can have that. But on the other end, this is what I have for you. I have a team that basically went head-to-head twice the last two years, both in the playoffs. Uh, no, this year it was in regular season, last season in the championship game. Last season they played. The Niners didn't have, and this is, of course, 2022-2023, the Niners didn't have Brock Purdy for most of that game, and they were playing with CMC at QB for a big chunk of it. And the oh, Eagles yeah. beat their ass. This yeah. year, it was the Niners just completely crapping on the Eagles. So it's one and one. Both times, it was a blowout. And now this seems to be some sort of like 
bad blood like rivalry to the point in which the Super Bowl ended like what three four days ago and you see news of a backup guard for the Niners John Feliciano basically making headlines because when he faced the Eagles for, and he was versus Jalen Carter Apparently, John Feliciano is saying that Jalen Carter threatened to murder his wife and kids. My God. Like, yeah, so you have your mayor talking shit. I have Jalen Carter apparently threatening to murder people. And I have Jalen Carter saying that John Feliciano was making a mockery out of his friend that that, that died when he was at Georgia. The guy in the in the car that he was being... I don't know, not accused, but uh, he was being linked to the death because apparently it was Jalen Carter was like drag racing versus the guy, something along those lines. So Carter says that Feliciano basically killed his friend or something like that, or was making a mockery out of the friend that died in that car accident. And Feliciano comes back and says that Jalen Carter threatened to murder his, his wife and kids. So yeah, this is... The stupidest rivalry and most toxic rivalry that was born out of thin air. This is wild. Like, if you saw these two teams, you would thought this would be like something crazy. Like, I don't know, the Steelers and the Ravens or something like that. But no, it is a team that plays twice the last two years. Both games were blowouts, not even close. And they are treating each other like they're, I don't know, blood rivals. Or lifelong enemies. I don't know, man. This seems like the weirdest rivalry to me. I don't know. I don't know if I call that toxic. That's more like borderline legal. That's like sus. That's more sus than toxic. Borderline legal. Threatening to murder people. Yep. Borderline. This is the NFL. America, baby. America. It's the NFL, after all. You know, if we can't, if we can't skirt some rules, you know, then what are we doing here? Yeah, just some random rules like killing people. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, just rules that have been in place since the dawn of human history. That's all. Well, why does that matter? Come on now. Exactly. Let's not. Let's not just. Pan- let's not like pander on tradition. You know. <laughs> okay, but let's walk back here. And we were talking about Taylor Swift. And we were talking about all of that. But the person that played in that game was her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. And you seem to have some thoughts on Travis Kelsey in general. And the whole incident that he had with Andy Reid. I, like I said, this is... I, I looked at the stats afterwards and I was wrong. I'm going to admit this take was wrong. Looking at the stats of the AFC Championship game versus the Super Bowl. But at the time, at the time, it looked like Travis Kelsey, I believe it was either in the first quarter or the second quarter. It was the first quarter. It was the first quarter because it was one of the first two possessions or three possessions. It was. Yeah. The Pacheco, uh, if you're talking about the Pacheco, him getting mad. Pacheco fumble. Fumbled. It was the Pacheco fumble, yeah. Kelsey was in. It was not in. Kelsey was not in. Pacheco fumbled. And he went and yelled, yelled at Andy Reid as if there was something he could have done to prevent Isaiah Pacheco from fumbling. No, but, not just yelling. He was shaking the dude. Like, it was a violent, not push, but like a violent shake, I would say. 
And it looked to me in the subsequent series after that, there was not a lot of Travis Kelsey involvement to the point that I made note that Patrick even hit Noah Gray a few times when Travis Kelsey was either right next to him or also wide open. But that was just an observation at the time. When you look at the snap count and you look at the end result, it's an incorrect take. I'm going to say that. But... Does that moment make the rounds and is on every single piece of sports it's, it's media? A top, it, listen, if the Chiefs lose that game, it's the top segment. Dude. Yeah, it's the top segment. Okay. The difference between this being a talking point and this not being a talking point is the Chiefs winning and losing that game. It's 15. Yep. So Kelsey can thank his lucky stars that he has 15. Otherwise, he would be scrutinized not only by the media, but by Taylor Swift fans. Because, dude, I've seen some takes. <laughs> People are not happy from the Taylor Swift side. Those are some pesky fans. What, that Travis Kelsey got benched? No, 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 no. Regarding the whole shove incident, now it's like, yeah, Travis Kelsey is not safe to be with Taylor Swift. Like, she's not safe oh! around him. <laughs> It's oh those fans, you see? Oh yeah, yeah. My. He has a tantrum. We need to see if Taylor is healthy, if Taylor isn't being victim of something. It's like, okay, now, um, you're in way too deep. My God. <laughs> those are the fans that never watched a single football game and just tuned in for the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift was in. Like and they're, it's they're... like... There has to be a, like a level of like insanity and anger you have to have to play football, I think. Yeah. It's like people just it was not correct and I had someone in the Discord server of the our guest from last week. No. I had someone in there saying basically like no. if it was anyone else and he should have been benched and Kelsey should have been benched otherwise Andy Reid is losing the locker room. I thought it was a very bad take, man, because your coach that is coaching in this league for, what, over 20 years is not going to lose the locker room if he, if he doesn't bench the second or third best player on the team. They, maybe he loses the, the, the locker room if he benches him and the team loses as they might have, because Kelsey ended up leading the team in receptions, in targets, in yards, all of yep. that, receiving all yards. It. Yeah. 85%. So maybe. Yeah, yep, all of it. Yeah, all of it. Maybe. He only had 80% left. He would He's lose. Lost. Go on. No, 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 Maybe he would lose the locker room there. But as it stood, I thought it was a very bad take. It was more an in the moment thing. Like you saw them go to the replay of him shouting at Andy Reid and then you saw multiple possessions where he wasn't targeted until that flat route I believe yeah it was like the final drive the flat route was on like the final drive of the second quarter before halftime yeah so but he got used and... a lot the second half so yes exactly and I have two more questions regarding this game. What is next for both teams? And let's talk about the losers first, I guess. What is next for the 49ers? Because next up, you're looking at property 
That's two years out of his rookie deal. So now he has two more. He probably gets paid in the last year of the rookie deal, like probably before the season even starts. So you effectively... And this isn't well, like he's a first-round pick. There is no fifth-year option for Brock Purdy. None of it. And the impact that this has on the books is pretty big because you're passing from a 900 to a $1,000 cap hit, a thousand, a million dollar cap hit to probably like year one, you're probably looking at 30, 80. 40. No, but like year one, because uh, those things usually get like, oh, yeah, they, they get higher as the season goes on. Yeah. I guess so you're probably what, looking, what they it depends on the for. deal and yeah. the structure, of course, but you're probably looking at a 10 to $15 million cap hit. For it year really one. depends on what they saw. I, I could see as high as 20 to 25. Yeah, that would be on the higher end for year one, but that's yep. probably right around the number for year two. So you're looking at a guy that will take a massive bump in your paybook. So what's next for the 49ers? Will, be, I, will they be able to keep everyone? Now there's rumors that no. Ayuk might want out. No, no, they won't be able to keep everyone. I think what's next for the 49ers is this is kind of this coming season is kind of the swan song i think this is this next year is probably it because after this year or actually even during this year if you want you have to make the conscious decision to sign brock purdy or not so once again the nfl is a league of storylines the storylines until this man is signed throughout the whole year potentially if he's not is would you pay Brock Purdy? Is Brock Purdy worth the money? How much did they sign Brock Purdy for? That's 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 the storyline in San Francisco. That, that is your storyline right there. So that's really the big debate. San Francisco, you know, they can draft their players. They can sign players. It's the last year. Like I said, it's the swan song. But they have to make that decision consciously now. Well, not right now, but within the next year, do they want to re-sign Brock Purdy or not? And to be honest, like most of their guys are, are still under contract right now. Like they're they don't have a whole lot of like free agents moving around, but they have roughly what they have right now. They have five hundred seventy. Uh, no, they have five hundred seventy k left in cap space. So this is with the full roster. Of course, you have moves here that you can do with like restructures of Trent Williams, Debo, all of those. You can make all of those to open up space, but you can't forget that next season you have a few more people that you need to sign. And that and especially it's gonna be Brock Purdy. So this is like that Brandon Ayuk wanting out is actually a really good decision for Brandon Ayuk. Because and you even kind of alluded to this. The offense, as far as the weapons go, you obviously you have Christian McCaffrey, but from the wide receiver standpoint, it's kind of a Debo Samuel, George Kittle show. Like there isn't as much of as much of a room for Ayuk to show he's the number one. And I think if he thinks he's a number one wide receiver in his mind, he kind of has to go somewhere else to show that he he is that guy. Go to a place where he could be the number one. Uh, sort of, because for this year, I think Ayuk was the best wide, rec- wide receiver that they had, to be honest. 100%. But here's the thing. 
he he two things can be true at the same time. He could have been the best performing wide receiver on the San Francisco 49ers this last year, but it doesn't change the fact that Alex came on to a podcast and said the offense looks marginally worse when Debo Samuel isn't 100%. That's true. That is so, true, yeah. Not Brandon Ayuk, I, not being 100%. And to be honest, the rumors were started by, I believe it was a friend or his family or something like that, and it was basically like just trashing the Niners for not using him in the Super Bowl right. and saying, like, this is why my, my guy needs to leave the Niners. And I think after that, he has said that he, he isn't planning on wanting a trade or anything, and he was pretty right. emotional about the loss. So this That's might just be all gospel. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And uh, well, that's kind of the thing. But that's that's again a decision Brandon Ayuk needs to make because Brandon Ayuk can stay in San Francisco, and that is obviously an amazing pairing. Obviously, Shanahan has amazing schemes to get him open and get him the ball. But if he thinks of himself as a number one wide receiver, then yeah, you kind of gotta invest in yourself and go to a team where you can be that, where Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle and Debo Samuel aren't consistently over like shadowing you and there isn't that looming over you. So it's, it's a blessing yeah. and a curse. You get less attention to you, but you also don't get the credit. Yes, but I'm looking at their cap space right now and I'm looking at the contracts that they have and I'm looking at all of that. And it's like, I understand that maybe you want to be a one, but be open to the possibility that maybe you can be a one in San Francisco because Christian McCaffrey, 2025 is the last year of his deal. Debo Samuel, 2025 is the last year of his deal. George Kittle, so 2025 when you say is 2025, the last year of his deal. I want some clarification. Do you mean this season that's about to start or the season after? No, that? next. Next one. So the season that's so, about to start after next year's Super Bowl. Uh, yes, exactly. So 2024, okay. 2025 season. So this upcoming is going to be... No, wait. No, this this one is going to be 2024, 2025, correct? Yes. The, okay, so it's the next one. 2025, 2026. That's it. Okay, that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to be sure, yes. Okay. okay, so you basically need to be a second wheel for... You know, I'm just going to say this. No. Like, basketball and football, this, like, doing the season late into the year and then having your season finish at the start of the next year, this shit's for the birds. Like, I understand baseball is, like, 200 games, but their seasons start at the year and end the year, and it's a lot easier to track. (laughs) Say that. It's Uh a lot easier to track. It is, it is. I'm actually sometimes confused about it. I'm like, oh, which year? But yeah, like, if a sport like baseball can have, they have the full season in a year, right? Yep. As you said. So if they can have that with 200 plus games, why can't the NFL with, like, what, 25 weeks of full, of football? So no. it's like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, seems weird. Seems weird, but yeah. And I guess so football it's... wants to like be a winter sport, but just just end in December. Just have the Super Bowl in December. So the twenty twenty four season is the twenty twenty four season, and the twenty twenty five season is the twenty twenty five season. And we're not curious when these people's contracts end. So maybe we're just <laughs> idiots. But I I will say I like the the 
the season is condensed in a year. I do like the that nice little tidbit for baseball. Yeah. So yeah, as I was saying, it's just like maybe you can wait another year and be with the Niners and be in the system that you've been pretty good at the last past two years. You've been pretty good at. Maybe just do that and access after that because then it's like Debo is a guy with a very specific skill set that usually doesn't wage, age super well. So maybe he might be out. Kittle, he has been battling a whole lot of injuries. Then it's like you can't pay all of those guys. So if you have security there, 2025, 2026, 2027, then you're in the books already when they sign Purdy while the other guys aren't. I think there's a case here to be made that he probably shouldn't move and he should take the, the chance. And he already has the connection with Purdy. Just keep developing that. And I think in two years, you might be the number one option in that team. I mean, that could happen. Yeah. And you're playing in San Francisco. Great. Good weather for most of it, I believe. Yeah, no, it's in California. They have amazing weather all year round. The only time Same. the only time you would have to worry about inclement weather is if you're not playing at home or the Super Bowl is in a cold weather spot, which recently I don't think it has been. I think it's been in either a dome or a warm weather state. Yeah, next year it's in New Orleans, then it's California, and then it's California again. New Orleans. Could get dice, but New Orleans is in a dome. It's in a dome. So, yeah, it's in a dome. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's in Levi's and then it's in SoFi. Yeah. Super Bowls are also great places. But yeah, I don't think there has been a Super Bowl in a cold place in a while, as you said. I'm not sure what's usually the weather in Atlanta, but that's a dome. It was probably in New York or Boston. That was probably the last uh, cold weather state. <laughs> I'm not. Does the U.S. Bank Stadium, the stadium from Minnesota, is that in a dome? I don't. Oh, know. it that's, is. That's the it Vikings. Is an enclosed, it's the an Vikings enclosed in... stadium. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Maybe Houston? No, that's usually like pretty. No, hard. unless you're from fucking Ohio or New York. Then you have a dome if you're a cold weather area. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so so the last one was the Super Bowl that the Seahawks won. That was in MetLife. MetLife. That was in New York. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, it has been over ten years since the Super Bowl was held in a stadium with not great weather. Seahawks ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. Oh my god. February second, twenty fourteen. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. I'm getting old. It's it feels the the whole decision on the stadiums might just be a tad bias towards the the good weather and the, the enclosed stadiums. Just might be. And what's next for KC then? Um, run it back. Hopefully, you find some more weapons outside of Travis Kelsey to kind of mitigate some of the regular season woes, or hope 
someone like because uh, Rasheen Rice did look really good throughout the season, but hope Rasheen Rice keeps keeps um improving and making further leaps. Maybe hope Sky Moore makes a leap himself, or address it via the draft again. I guess I don't know. Keep keep, keep spinning that wheel until you get something good. I don't know. Eventually, they they probably should. I mean, we're in an age in which like wide receivers just tend to do pretty well out of college. If your name is not Quentin Johnson, if you're here's, um, here's a weird question: If you're Kansas City, would you be for trading like three or four future firsts, or yeah, it'd be like this first or three or four future firsts to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and just saying fuck it, we're gonna go for it. No, I'd rather grab on a chunk of money and just throw it to a guy. Keep okay, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, there's plenty of, like, good to great wide receivers available in this free, agent, free agency class. I mean, I'm looking at it, and it's Mike Evans. It's Odell Beckham. It's Mike Tyler Evans Boyd. Would be a good Patrick Mahomes target. He would, for sure. Uh, it's Tyler Boyd. It's Calvin Ridley. It's Marquise Brown. Uh, it's Noah Brown, huh? The one's him. <laughs> it's the Higgins. It's Michael Pittman. Yeah, there's there's a few good names in there. Although apparently, like T Higgins is gonna get the tag. That's been the rumors out of out of Cincinnati so Kinda far. Kind of has to because if he doesn't, I think that Tennessee would snatch him up because I don't think. Spoiler alert, I think if T. Higgins was a free agent, Kansas City would, wouldn't get him. Tennessee would, and they'd throw whatever they need to throw. Yeah, they would throw more money at him than they would throw balls at him. But yeah, that's true. Some Tennessee shade? I like it. Yeah, we're starting the year off strong. Okay, so KC runs a dynasty. So KC runs a dynasty. We go back. And it's not one, not two, but three Super Bowls? Or is it not one, not two, not three, but four Super Bowls? Where are we getting? Can they get three in a row? Because I believe no one has ever done that. Have they? Not unless you're the Bills and you lost three in a row. I don't. That's actually a good yeah, we... Google search. Have Has anyone ever won? Super Bowls. No. They have no? not. They have not. No. So I mean so that teams... would be that would be an interesting notch on the wait, not even Joe Montana? No. Montana won the Super Bowl twenty three and Super Bowl twenty four in a row. Okay. Interesting. Well so, uh, I think that, that would be an interesting notch on the Chiefs goat or the Patrick Mahomes goat case, but I don't. It, it can't happen, right? Right? Like, like Joe Burrow's gonna know. be back next year. The Ravens are gonna be back next year. The Bills are gonna be back. Like, it can't happen again, right? I mean, it's the final boss. It's the inevitable. So I have right now. I have a tough time saying that it can't happen. With Mahomes. Yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> yeah, so there has never been three consecutive winners. There have been four consecutive losses. 
So, Bills fan, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we just we yeah. Just... I I I do think if I had like to put money on it right now, I would put money on the Chiefs, and they are the favorite to win it. So should be. I think I think we might see. I think that's correct. I think we might see a three-time Super. You think we see a three-time Super Bowl winner this year? Hello? Oh, looks like Alex is having technical difficulties. No, he had difficulties, right? Yeah, I guess so. Is it slightly better? I guess the, the yeah no it's, it's good great. now so so anyway it's good great. yeah it's good now Kansas City three in a row is what you think yeah now, right now I think it is like I said I would like the uh, off season to see what's going on but yeah Kansas City should be the favorites um way too early I, Super Bowl what I think uh, next I think Bowl? next year. Next year, I think the Chargers might not hurt me anymore, so we'll see. The Jaguars, of course, will hurt me some more, so we'll see. Okay, so way too early, Super Bowl 59 predictions. I have the Chiefs, way you too- have? Next one is, is 59, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're gonna you're gonna put me on the spot. Okay. Um, you're on the spot. Fifty nine. Okay. Super Bowl fifty nine. If the NFL is scripted, the Buffalo Bills. Go on. Alex? Alex. Oh, technical. We're having technical difficulties again. Uh, oh, great. Ace. Technical difficulties apart from today. Great. Dear God, Alex. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened to internet. If I had to guess, I would think that someone plugged So, internet from a division that is like 30 meters away with plenty of walls in between. So that's just great. Thank you to whoever did that. But who was your so, pick? Any thought? The Buffalo Bills. Oh, the Bills. Oh, you're going on that bandwagon, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let them hurt me this year. Been there, done that, buddy. There's mm-hmm. no good coming out of it. Just despair and misery. Okay. <laughs> you ready for more despair and misery? What? Dallas Cowboys. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Angela, I'm choking. Oh, my God. <sighs> okay. I think I'm good now. <sighs> Damn it. When I hear the Cowboys, I just immediately start choking. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. What, why do you so, do yeah, that I just went for, I went for batshit crazy. So we'll okay. see how that goes. Okay, I think if if we do like I was just doing Super Bowl winner. If we're going actual Super Bowl matchup, I'm gonna say it is 
It is the Chiefs. I want to throw Chiefs. a really great name out there. Let me just look at every Versus. single NFC team. NFC I teams. actually debated. Anyway, no, I'm not going to tell you what I debated. Okay. Maybe, maybe I can get there. Okay. So it is the Chiefs versus D. Drum rolls, please. Damn, everything in here, every team in here is just so shitty. God damn it. The NFC. That's the closest thing we got. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Oh, no. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Angelo, uh, Alex from the past degree. See? <laughs> we'll see how those go. Yes. Right now, we have plenty to come up next. We have the combine. The combine is in what? It's end of the month, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we got some. Here. So the no. NFL season is over. We like have to think about something to talk about now. Crap. Um. So we gotta we gotta start reviewing these prospects that are coming up, Alex. What, what are we gonna do? There's so many prospects. How are we gonna get to them all, Alex? We just go for the good ones. The bad ones, we won't look at them. We won't look at any. So so no bad. So we prospects. won't look at any running back. Wow, Jade <laughs> thrown at the running backs. We are all so shitty right now. God damn. Yeah, we need we need to review the positions. I opened up a few topics to Angelo, some of which he's not too happy with. I don't believe he's interested in mock drafts, but that's what makes the people go. It's like you saying that a random guy that no one has no, ever no, heard no, of. No, 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 Put 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 my put my actual take out there. I am fine with mock drafts. I am not doing a mock draft. I'll let you do a mock draft, and I'll review your mock draft. But the fun of it is doing like her at like I know go back and forth on the on the the mock draft like this is why I'll review yours and tell you why your your selections are crazy. <laughs> yeah, so when I pick Caleb Williams one on one, it's like, yeah, batshit crazy pick, man. Is that what you're gonna say to me? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, great. I think Austin another interesting is going to be a bust. Yeah. No, no, because he won't play for the Cowboys. Yeah, probably. Maybe he has a chance at actually doing something with his career. On the Bears? We'll see. Yeah, just somewhere outside of Dallas. Hmm. <laughs> something interesting as well. That I haven't passed by you, so I'm getting your authentic reaction here. Oh, no. What do you think about doing one show, like, every so often, where we rebuild a team, or we solve the issues of a team? We? Like, so what we would do as GMs? 
So are you talking about a real team? Yeah, we just grab a team that has been shit for a while, and we are the GMs of the team. That could be interesting. That could be an yeah. interesting. Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to that as a special concept. See? That's great. That could Just... get content out there. See? I agree. I am for if... for the content. If you like for those ideas, guys, just leave those comments saying that you like them and which team you would you like to actually see. Let's do that. Cowboys. Because if not, we're just going to do the Bears. I'm letting you all know. It's going to be the Bears. Then that needs to be an iForensic episode since the, the, dude, the dude told you that he wants to be back so bad. So come on, man. Yeah, that Get could him be back. It. Have, have, him, have him fantasy, you know, rebuild the Bears. You know, It'd be a great episode. There you go. Well, and then he just says that he wants to keep Justin Fields. And I have to pull the plug exactly. on him. And you what? Pull the and plug on him. Pull, pull the plug on him. <laughs> wow. Oh. oh God. So like, um, someone I just we were talking about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> someone decided to pull Tom Brady's and Patrick Mahomes stats through their first uh, seven years and. So, are you ready for this? Go for it. So, I'm not, I could I could tell you exactly everything Patrick Mahomes does better, but I'd be here all day. So, I'm just going to say this. Uh, the only stat that Tom Brady is better than Patrick Mahomes is in is none of them. Um, it they have is. the same amount of games and same amount of championships, and that's it. Oh, great. So, are you saying Mahomes is the GOAT? For the millions and millions of people listening to this. He's on his way. Oh, you didn't say it yet. He might one day. Stay tuned, guys. I, I, I don't think I would put him there yet. I, I I know that he will eventually be the GOAT, but I can't be hypocritical enough to the point in which I said that we can't consider Brady better than Montana if he doesn't have the rings over Montana, and now say the opposite. So, And you, apparently, from what I listened to the basketball show, you seem to be the guy that thinks that championships are everything. Yes. So, what changes here in football? Nothing. I haven't said that he's the goat. I said he's on the way. Ah, but you're tempted. I mean, sure, it's tempting. Like, like I said, compare him side by side. Patrick Mahomes is outperforming Brady in every metric just about through their first seven years. That's like... That's the stats. Numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. All right. Maybe if he wins next year, I'll be on the verge of saying that he's the GOAT. You'll be on the verge of saying he's the GOAT? On the verge. Hmm. 
Interesting. If he wins next year, do you say he's the GOAT? No. Okay, so you're also on the verge, apparently. Hmm. All right. <laughs> What's next on the docket, or is that the show? I believe that's the show, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Let me double check everything just to make that's sure. Hmm. Yeah. That is correct. I had a few tweets here that I wanted to discuss, uh, and maybe okay. I can just grab in one of them. And it is the odds from the NFL draft prospects to be selected by teams. And I, I wanted to get your take here in some of them. So first one, Caleb Williams. His odds to be selected by the Bears, minus 400. So that seems yeah. like pretty safe, right? Yep. Okay. You may have cut off again. Caleb Williams. But they think it's pretty certain that he goes to the Cardinals. He is minus 200. The Patriots are plus 330. Do you agree with that? So you, you broke off there. You said Caleb Williams to the Cardinals. Go ahead. The Bear. No, no. Caleb Williams to the Bears. Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals is... That's... Uh, Minus 200 to the Patriots is plus 330. So what they're saying is if he doesn't go to the Bears, he's going to the – or Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to the Cardinals, and if not, then it's the Patriots. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I think I think it's kind of hard. So here's the dilemma that Arizona's in. I think it's kind of hard to just get off Kyler Murray – even though, because you signed him for to that huge deal, even though like you can say he's memed on, oh, he cares more about Call of Duty than football, but he still, when he was on the field, performed at a very good level. Can't be mad at the performance you got from Kyler Murray last year. So, I agree. Are you really like itching to get rid of him? I mean, if Drake May like entices you that much, sure, but. Is, is is the odds he, Drake May better than Kyler Murray that great? I don't know. No, and Drake May should be the number two pick. I would be pretty surprised if he isn't. So, yeah. With the Cardinals at three, I think Marvin is a pretty solid lock. And finally, a guy that we can discuss in other show because he's a fantasy-relevant prospect that is probably getting touted as the next big guy. Brock Bowers, which team do you think he has the best odds to go to? The team Brock Bowers, I think, goes to? Yeah, which team has the best odds, do you think? Hold on one second. I just want to get a list of exactly what the, uh, the, order, the order is. is. Yeah. <laughs> I can give it to you. I have it open right now if you want. 
Okay. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. I have two scenarios, but I think one's more interesting than the other. Okay. The Chicago Bears is one. At nine? At nine. Okay. And then the other one, which I think would just be more interesting because of the storyline, is the Chargers. Okay. So you got the first one. The the team that has the best hearts, you got it right. And it is the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yep. Yeah. They have plus 200, so the odds are great in terms of like a lock, basically. They are great if you want to bet on them. And then they have the second team as the Tennessee Titans. So I so I looked at the Titans and I agree that they are in need of a tight end. Here's the thing. So Callahan was the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. We never really had a top flight tight end while he was here with Burrow. So yes. would he want the tight end? Now granted you could say, you know, Brock Bowers is a generationally talented tight end. Of course, you want him on your team. But I think the way Callahan is thinking about it, maybe he's scheming more for getting, like, wide receivers or offensive line or the defense more together than he is getting Brock Bowers. Because, quite honestly, I don't even know if the quarterback that Callahan wants is on the roster, unless it's Will Levis. So we'll see. Which wouldn't be great, but but I agree. I think it's it's something that should be taken into to account when you're doing this sort of predictions. Is what's the track record that certain coaches, especially the new coaches, that haven't been at coaches before but have been OCs before, what is their track record and which player they use? And granted, you can say that maybe he didn't use the tight ends as much because he had like Chase and Higgins. Mm-hmm. But I will put it as just like we don't know if he if his scheme is just like not super tight and friendly. Right. So you can put it both ways. I also think that it, that the Chargers are the best slot, and then this team. I would say that this team has the second best should have the second best odds, and it's not the Bears. The Bears are tied with the Colts and the Broncos for the fourth slot, but ahead of them, the books have the New York Jets as the third most likely team. And I think that this... I just wouldn't say that this is the most likely spot because I think Brock Bowers won't be there at 10. So outside of a move-up, I don't see it. That said, if if they would move up to say, I don't know, like the Tennessee slot, for example, I would think that the Jets have the best odds. Because that would imply that he's there at seven for them to make the trade. Or maybe just go up to five, I guess. It's hard because if if they are interested in Bowers, then it's tricky. But I think the Jets have a nice chance at it. And the the usage of the tight end is usually... It's not great by Rodgers, but it seems to be one of those things in which... Sometimes he just loves the tight end, and it's just like his safety blanket. And he, he tends to bring out the best of some tight ends that I don't think were really that great. 
So I think if he had a truly great tight end, or at least a prospect, I guess, we can't really say that he's a great player, Bowers, right now. But if he had that sort of talent, I think he would elevate that quite a bit and play with him pretty well. So yeah, Chargers are one for me, two is the Jets. But yeah, those are the the, the odds that I thought were interesting here from the, the tweets that I saw. There's some like QBs, but I don't really think we should get into this right now. Yeah, I just yeah. think the Bears make sense because if they go Caleb Williams with the one, they already have DJ Moore. Getting another weapon there is never a bad thing. So especially yeah, but they have... this again, maybe this is a further discussion, but you said the offensive line performed league average or better defense, especially in the final weeks performed amazingly. I, I think the argument for Bowers in a bears uniform is a pretty good one. I would say so. If they didn't just pay uh, their tight end, Cole Komet, uh, yeah. which I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Cole Komet. But I guess, I guess if they see him as more of a weapon as Kyle Pitts once was, Mm-hmm. And I don't really see him. Or in you that could run two tight end sets. It just depends. Or you can run two tight end sets, yeah. So we shall see. Uh, I would say the OC has some track record of heavy tight end packages, but not a, u- a great track record of really using the tight end a whole lot. Mm-hmm. The guy that was with the, with the Seahawks this past season. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be an interesting season, guys. Uh, I think that's that's the last part of it. The NFL season is officially over, and the NFL postseason, uh, postseason, no, the preseason is officially open right now. I guess because we have a combine in I don't know two weeks. It's like end of the month, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, plenty to talk about, plenty of content to come, guys. Just stay tuned. So. This is this is the it. Alex portion of the season. It's time for Alex to shine. You know he he flummed the predictions all season long. You know he doesn't know anything about predicting football in the regular season or in the playoffs. Really, he didn't get the you know AFC championship right. What a loser! And um, yeah. So also, since Alex. we're talking about since we're talking about the predictions, and we almost forgot about this part. I tallied up the amount, the, our record, when both of us were on the same pick throughout the whole season. And I have a final tally. We went, when we picked the same team or the same outcome from the game, 38 and 39. No, we didn't. It didn't feel like that. We did. Because we had a few weeks in which we really stunk it up. For example, like week four, five, six, we went one and six, two and six, oh and three. But then we had a good start. We had a good, a good few weeks down the end. For example, week 14, we went four and no. No, week 13, we went four and no, for example. Week 16, we went three and one. So we had a few good weeks in here between, and we ended up being 38, 39. So on the verge of 500. Huh? Maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It just felt bad. It felt, felt bad, bad man. to me as well. It felt bad to me as well. But, I mean, this is the tally that I have. The numbers don't lie. Alex yeah. just does. So, there you go. 
I'm hoping that this season I can duplicate or replicate what I did last season for the draft because I had a few hot takes that ended up being correct and I had good bets. I had a few good bets on the on the oh. draft. So I'm hoping we can replicate that. This we'll year. see. You're going to have plenty of opportunity. We'll we got plenty of episodes to go and I think next season we're going to start uh start evaluating some of these prospects based on what we've seen so far and i think we also need to at some point review our preseason prediction i don't like yes, how this we need went. to to pile those up yeah yep. all right then is that all from you angelo that's all from me baby well as Angela used to say, there's a nice little fancy donate button that you can click to help us out. If you're listening on the Apple's podcasts, if you're listening on the Spotify podcasts app, not the Spotify podcast, but if you're listening to the podcast on the Spotify, you know what I mean. You can just leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to the podcast. Turn on the auto-downloads as well. That really helps us out. And if you're listening on YouTube, for whatever reason, just subscribe to the channel, leave a like, uh, leave a comment, turn on the notifications, all of those spiel, and talk to you guys next week where we finally dive in to the 2024 NFL offseason. Talk to you guys later. See you guys. <laughs>